Hi, welcome here. It's a pleasure to see you with us, um, or not see you, but have you sort of figuratively in our presence uh, for this, the 66th episode of um, the greatest podcast in the universe, Culture Bucket, um, where today our Oscar madness is continuing and um, we will be giving you our predictions, our hot, trustworthy, valid <laughs> probably very accurate predictions for yeah. uh the oscars and um we can we can see who's better at predicting arbitrary awards M- me george or my co-host alex hi alex hi george hi everyone how you doing today george hi. yeah pretty great today thank you the sun is shining the 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 spring equinox is here today is the spring equinox it's officially oh yeah the start of spring wow. and as is as is tradition, it's heralded the release of a new Weezer EP. So that's exciting. Really? Yeah, this year Weezer are releasing an EP on the start of every month. So they've just put out Spring today. Oh, okay. Yeah, so of every month tracks. or every season? Every season. Yeah, okay. Because that, that, that's, so, that's pretty crazy. Like every month you're going to release an EP. No, every every three months is pretty crazy too, though. Like, yeah, we're gonna have, yeah. by the end of the year, we're going to have like 80 minutes of, because I think this is about 20 minutes long, seven songs. I've listened to it a couple of times. It's pretty, it's pretty breezy and sort of light and fluffy like spring is. It's pretty good. Oh, uh, good. Yeah, yeah. I recommend people go out and check uh, Seasons Spring, the the newest release from, from Weezer. The opening track interpolates um, the spring section of Vivaldi's Four Seasons Concerto oh. and has... Uh, Rivers Cuomo singing about how much he likes Shakespeare and things. It's very weird, <laughs> but it's pretty fun. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's, like it's bizarre. Vivaldi it's and Shakespeare, like so, so, so intertwined together. Yeah, you know, in the world of Weezer. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, how are you today? I'm good. Yes, uh, I'm happy because I, I forgot. I, I didn't realize that today was the first day of spring. So, like, pretty excited that the warm weather is going to arrive. Good. Um, are we talking well, about best picture winner or all the or all the categories? All the categories. I've got a whole spreadsheet that I'm gonna show you in a bit that we're gonna fill in oh, today. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I've I've I haven't been able to watch all the films though. Nobody has. Not even the okay. people who choose the awards watch all the films. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to look at which one has the best name and then go with that. Okay. Genuinely, like every year, I think it's Variety or Inside Hollywood or one of the kind of like Hollywood newspapers does like an anonymous interview with three or four Oscar voters and you get to see that the people that choose these, the people that vote on the actual Oscars are terrible people and largely often haven't even seen the movies they're they're voting on. Who actually votes for the Oscars? Who are these people? Are they like actors, directors, humans from the streets? 
members of the I mean I'm not an expert on it but my understanding is it's members of the Academy of Motion Pictures oh. or something and it, that's made up of like you know representatives from the film industry from like you've got the actors section the director's section the cinematographer mm. section the editor's section and you, you know various I think if you work in the industry of Hollywood and become notable enough to any degree you'll you'll be invited to join and uh, mm. and get to vote on it so um <clears throat> interesting but also, I'm not an expert, so I could be wrong. There was a there was a there was a thing recently where anyway, it doesn't matter. Shall we move on? Shall we do culture catch up? Shall we talk <laughs> yeah. about what we've been watching? Yeah, yeah. This is culture catch up time. This is where we talk about what we've watched, what we've read, what we've listened to, and probably some other stuff. It's been it's been uh, two weeks since we last recorded together, so I have um, an unusually bumper. Crop of films to talk about. I've got one, two, three, five 2022 releases that I've watched since we last spoke. Oh. Um, yeah. But yeah. I'll make it a fairly brief, uh, for, at least for a couple of them. Um, <laughs> brief it up, buttercup. Yeah. But first up, I went to see a film called Red Rocket. Have you heard of Red Rocket? No. It's a 2022. One movie, technically, but came out in the UK in 2022. A comedy drama film directed by Sean Baker, who previously has made um, The Florida Project and Tangerine. I don't know if you've seen either of those movies. No. Interesting. I think you'd like his films. I think I've not seen uh, The Florida Project or Tangerine, but I have now seen Red Rocket. And from reading about him, he, my understanding of him is he makes movies um, following characters... It, who work in uh, the sex industry in America, but views it, uh, makes an effort, a conscious effort to view them non-judgmentally. So mm. uh, apparently the Florida Project's brilliant, but I haven't seen it. But I have seen Red Rocket, so let's talk about it briefly. It follows... <laughs> it okay. follows a adult film star, a pornography yeah. star, uh, played by Simon Rex, who I believe... Um, used to be like an MTV host or VJ years okay. ago and isn't particularly much of an actor, but he's very, very good at this movie. Hmm. Um, he plays Mikey Sabre, um, a down-on-his-look uh, adult entertainer who returns to his hometown of Texas and in the opening minutes of the movie very quickly worms his way back into sleeping on the couch of his ex-wife, though still technically legally wife, and her mother, who both live in a sort of a home on the outskirts of this small community in rural mm. Texas. And um, the film basically follows his attempts to find a path back to success. And that ultimately is through what he sees as his meal ticket back to Hollywood in the eyes of a young 17-year-old um, who works in a donut shop that he thinks could be the next big thing in his world. Uh, and he okay. attempts to sort of bring her into that. So a pretty, a pretty... A pretty kind of morally bankrupt in a lot of ways character who it's pretty difficult to love and throughout the course of the movie he does a lot of things that makes it incredibly difficult to like him. And I don't think necessarily you're meant to like him, but what, what I like about the movie and what uh, seems to be his Simon, no, Sean Baker's calling card is that it just presents him, it just presents this character as he is. Mm. He's not a real person, but like I suppose... There are people like this in the world and um, he's just sort of doing his thing and he's described at one point as a 
suitcase pimp, which is apparently a real term to refer to uh, a male actor in the uh, in the porn industry who oh. cre- who kind of makes a living off of more successful female actresses, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, so that's his attempts to uh, get this uh, strawberry, the girl who works in a donut shop, to uh, go along with his idea to go and make it big in in Hollywood. Um, it's it's interesting. It starts off really funny, and you know he's a very sort of he's very full of himself, full of ego is determined to impress everyone in this small town and all of the supporting cast are kind of made up of like non-actors and actresses like one of the one of the best characters in the movie uh is played by i think the actress is Brittany rodriguez mm. um is like the daughter of this local um drug lord that he starts working for and the director just saw this act this woman walking along the road walking her dog near the set of the film and he thought she is perfect she looks exactly <laughs> what like what i want and he went and, and went and asked her and she's now in his movie which is crazy um <clears throat> yeah so yeah it's uh it's really good i recommend people watch it i really enjoyed red rocket i think people were expecting it to get um it's had quite a lot of uh award recognition and i think people were expecting to see it get nominated for a few oscars but as we'll learn later on it actually it didn't get nominated for any oscars but um it certainly would have been in yeah it certainly would have deserved it some so yeah red rocket i'd recommend people watch it it's funny it's morally interesting and um (laughs) yeah it's like a knotty complex strange little movie Mm. and um yeah, I really liked it. Uh, next up, I watched, um, and you might have watched this as well. I don't know. We can just we can talk about it if you have. Uh, the newest movie from Pixar, Turning Red. Yeah, I have watched it. Oh, you have watched it. So yeah. let's have a talk about it. Definitely. Um, it's a period movie set in 2002 in Toronto, Ontario. We mm-hmm. watched the trailer together a few weeks ago. And yeah. it follows uh, Mei Li, a 13-year-old Chinese-Canadian who um, one day discovers that when she feels a strong emotion, she turns into a giant red panda and quickly discovers that this is something that happens to all of the girls in her family. And she sets about having to... um, It can be cured on the night of the red moon and the next red moon is about six weeks away. So the plot of the movie is her trying to avoid as much as possible turning into the panda while mm. she's waiting for this ceremony to happen because she's told every time she does turn into the panda, it becomes more and more difficult to perform the ceremony. Yeah. Um, so that's the movie. What yeah. did you think of it? Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really sweet. I think it's the first uh, Pixar Disney film that actually addresses the issue of growing up as a girl. <laughs> And uh, the struggles <laughs> uh, of changing. And I think it was really clever because it, it, it tackles it in, in a really sweet way. And how you then start, because um, she's really attached to her mum. But then because of this red panda, she starts detaching herself from her mum. And it could be considered a problem, but also maybe she's becoming her own person. So I thought I thought it was really positive and i think for young girls now i think is a really good film to watch and uh again there's not really a villain uh like encanto like maybe you can consider the mum the villain but i think she just wants 
the what is best for her. Um, yeah, and, similar to uh, the Abuelo in Encanto, I suppose. Yeah, They're actually exactly. sort of similar characters. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful to watch. It's really fun to watch. And I really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> I thought it was funny. And I love May. And uh, I think she's real fun. And uh, I like the fact you become a red panda. That'd be nice. Nicer than periods. Turning as a red panda. <laughs> That'd be lovely. What did you yeah. think? Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Um, like I guess, like you said, I think it's like I guess it's not the first Disney Pixar movie to tackle growing up, but it's probably the first Disney Pixar movie to show. Um, I guess to specifically show a character being handed uh, tampons uh, during oh, what, that is was... it, what is assumed to be her first period. I was like, "What? That's amazing!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's. It's, yeah. yeah, no, for like representation and like having those discussions out in the open and stuff, yeah. I think it's really positive. Yeah. Um, and May's yeah. a really good character and I really like the um, other three girls who form yeah. her sort of friendship group in particular, the one that's always got, who's a bit like Rosa from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She's always just got a very like stern expression on her face and never um, changes her expression. She really yeah. made me laugh. Um, I, I think I think I like, on Letterboxd I gave it four stars, so I did really like it, but I, I found a couple of things tricky with it. I found the mum character almost unbearable to put up with whenever she was on screen or involved in the story because it was it felt very like we all know that I think ultimately the only issue I have with the movie is that you can tell almost immediately where it's gonna go and what, what the beats of the story are gonna be. It doesn't do anything particularly surprising no. or shocking once that initial kind of reveal is made and I found it maybe just slightly tired tired by of it by the end i'd have liked like one extra twist on it if that makes mm. sense to, to kind of keep me thinking but other than that like as a coming of age film it's a perfectly good one mm. but um when there are movies out in the world like book smart and Lady Bird and eighth grade and stuff it doesn't quite reach the heights of some of those for me but i liked it and you yeah. know well done well done pixar hmm. definitely yeah and I really like this. I mean, the the songs they're really fun, they're really good. Yeah, yeah, they were good. They were good fun. And the the mm. like the setting, like I think two thousand and two Canada is so because it doesn't necessarily feel like a period setting, but it it is, and they, I think they do that really well as well. So yeah, um, yeah. and also it's free. It's it's absolutely free. You can watch it on Disney Plus for free. So go and watch exactly. it exactly once you've paid yeah. for your Disney Plus subscription, obviously. Well, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, good. Uh, up next, I watched the latest film. You're right. <laughs> I can. I know what you watched. Do you go on? I think you watched the new Ryan Reynolds film. Um, I did. What's it called? The Adam Project. The Adam Project. Uh, directed by Sean Levy, who directed Free Guy last year, which was mm. rubbish. Terrible. And uh, has now been announced he's going to direct Deadpool 3 whenever that comes out. Oh, no. Um, so that will be rubbish. And uh, The Adam Project is a science fiction action movie. It stars Ryan Reynolds along with Walker Scobell, Mark Ruffalo, Jennifer Garner, Catherine Keener and Zoe Saldana, all pretty fantastic actors and Ryan yeah. Reynolds. And... Um, <laughs> It, Poor it, Ryan. It, yeah, he's fine. He's got a lot of money. He's um, 
he he st- so the movie opens with him in a sort of futuristic fighter jet above the earth being chased by someone we're not really given much explanation of what's going on but he opened he's he's about to die but op- manages to open a portal portal wormhole thing and fly his spaceship through it mm. we are then taken back in time from 2050 which is where the opening is set to 2022 where a 12 year old adam is um bullying his mother played by Jennifer Garner mm-hmm. um very much in the style of Ryan Reynolds because this boy was cast as the young Ryan Reynolds um, on the basis apparently that he memorised the entirety of Deadpool 2 when he was 11 years old. And uh, I've seen a video of him online reciting it. And he does a very good job at impersonating the specific way that Ryan Reynolds delivers the specific jokes that Ryan Reynolds tends to tell. Mm. And um, yeah, I would, I'd, 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 I don't know what I'd do if I had a son who was a small Ryan Reynolds, but I, I would probably um, be sad every day at the way my <laughs> child treated me. Um, and uh, yeah, pretty much pretty quickly, we discover that uh, Adam's father died the year before, played by Mark Ruffalo in, uh, you know, in the movie. And um, Jennifer Garner is dealing, still dealing emotionally with the loss of her husband and mm. having to now raise um, Adam on her own. Um, and is attempting to re-enter life by dating and things, uh, but is is uh, scuppered in her attempts by Adam's insistence on bullying her boyfriend when mm. when he turns up in the movie as well. Um, eventually, he's left home alone because uh, why would you bother staying with him? And um, he discovers in the garage fully grown Adam, Ryan Reynolds, who has travelled back in time to his childhood home to um, try and stop a bad thing from happening in the future. A bad thing is going to happen in the future. It's not never explained much further than that, what, what it is or why it is. And um, he mm. he was meant to go back to 2018 to talk to his dad because his dad invented time travel and then died. And uh, he, only his dad can stop the bad thing from happening because the bad thing is being done by Catherine Keener, who is his, who is his dad's business partner. <sighs> So then we have about an hour of the movie <laughs> where he's in. Yeah. There's, there's, there's an hour of the movie where he's in 2022 with his young version of himself uh, trying to help him overcome bullies. And that's one movie. And then at a certain point, they're like, right, well, that's enough of that. Let's go back to 2018 and meet Mark Ruffalo and try and actually stop the bad thing from happening in the future. So they go back to 2018 and a different movie happens where Ryan Reynolds and Mark Ruffalo team up and. Um, Attempts to stop Catherine Keener's bad person from. Uh, was it bad? It, it was awful. And I've seen it, get, it's gotten good reviews from various places. IGN.com gave it 9 out of 10. Shut up. And uh, various other places gave it good reviews. It's just tired. It's the same performance from Ryan Reynolds that he does in every single film now. And I'm so bored of it. And. Um, they want it so desperately to be like a Guardians of the Galaxy fun sci-fi romp. So they've cast Zoe Saldana in it, who obviously plays Gamora yeah. in Guardians of the Galaxy. They've cast Mark Ruffalo in it, who's the Hulk from Marvel. Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool, obviously. Like it's all, it's all, It wants to be a superhero style. Mm. It wants to have the Marvel vibe to it. But it doesn't, because all the jokes are tired. The action is sort of mediocre pedestrian at best nothing particularly interesting there's people have, there's been a lot of talk about the for how he's got a lightsaber in it but it's not it's not a lightsaber and it's not cool um mm. 
And uh, yeah, I just I hated it. Oh, and it's got um again because they're so desperate for it to be like Guardians of the Galaxy. It's got this like classic rock soundtrack where yeah. action scenes will play out soundtracks by classic rock songs, but they're not diegetic in any way like they are in Guardians of the Galaxy. They don't, they don't exist within the world. There's no reason for... Like, none of the characters are even into classic rock. We're not even told that any of the characters are into classic rock. They just play these songs over the action scenes because that's the level of, like, creative bankruptcy that Sean Levy works in. Um, mm. Terrible. Didn't like it at all. Thought it was rubbish. Loads of people love it. Obviously, probably made on Netflix loads of money. And uh, Ryan Reynolds is, again, um, a massively successful actor so good work well done well, <laughs> not bitter good, at all good for good for him no not bitter at all it's fine um <laughs> then mm-hmm. i w- went to see a movie that i've been pretty excited about i think we watched a trailer together for it a few weeks ago the new thai west horror film x yeah we have watched <laughs> the, the trailer yeah, yeah buddy uh this one stars <laughs> this one stars mia goth uh, Jenna Ortega, Martin Henderson, Brittany Snow, Owen Campbell, Stephen Yeun, Scott Muscudi. Scott Muscudi, of course, being Kid Cuddy. Um, Brittany Snow being one of the stars of Pitch Perfect. Uh, yeah. Jenna Ortega being one of the stars of Studio 666 and the recent Scream movie. Uh, a good cast in this film. Um, it follows a group of filmmakers, again, following a theme this week. Uh, they are making adult movies. And um, <laughs> the they are made up of... We've got Mia Goff as Maxine Minx, uh, Britney Snow's Bobby Lynn, and Kid Cudi as Jackson Hole. They are the sort of actors that are going to be in the movie. Jenna Ortega is Lorraine, the sound engineer, and Martin Henderson is playing Wayne Gilroy, the producer, the money man, and the boyfriend to Mia Goff's character. And then we've got Owen Campbell playing RJ, the director who has aspirations to make a genuinely good adult film as opposed mm. to uh, what what he considers to be the norm. Um, <laughs> so they've kind of all driven together across rural Texas to this farm where uh, Wayne, the producer, has organised for them to have use of a house on the uh, farmstead. Uh, where they can shoot their movie. They get there and the farm is owned by two very old people. Um, yeah, <clears throat> not good. Howard, played by Stephen Yore, and his elderly wife, Pearl, played in a dual role by Mia Goth in Layers and Layers of Makeup, uh, oh. which I had no idea about until <laughs> the end of the movie. Um, and, of course, basically they get there. It's pretty obvious pretty quickly to the rest of the crew that Wayne has not told these people what their farm is going to be used for. So they start um, surreptitiously going about making their movie while seeing in the background the two old people kind of uh, sinisterly wander around and uh, appear in windows, etc. And the film all takes place over the course of like 24 hours, so it all escalates fairly quickly from there and turns into a fairly large um, bloodbath. Um, but within that bloodbath is quite a lot of commentary and discussion on the nature of like the adult film industry and on the psychology of the people involved in it and the actors and the producers and how they believe about it and kind of an, an honest and open discussion about a lot of those issues, which is quite yeah, a lot more than you expect from a standard slasher movie and kind of makes mm. it all pass by in a much breezier way than maybe an ordinary slasher does because it, it feels like it's actually saying something and has something to say okay. rather than just uh, being there for the blood and the gore, which when it does hit is pretty grody and oh, good. I, yeah, I, I, 
imagine. <laughs> like just just um, the trailer was pretty gross. Yeah, well, yeah. So you get quite a lot of um, heads being exploded and necks necks being opened up and etc. But uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I gave it four stars, and I think if I was to watch it again in the future, I might end up kind of putting that rating up a little bit because I, I I did I did really enjoy it, and uh, excitingly. Mia Goff and Ty West, while they were filming this, wrote a prequel together for the character of Pearl that Mia Goff plays in Makeup ah. in This. So later this year, I think it's already been filmed, there's going to be a film called Pearl, which tells the story of a young Pearl and how she oh. came to live on this farm and be... Because there's one moment in particular where you see something on this farm that's really disturbing and unpleasant and the movie doesn't approach it again or explain it away. So I'm assuming that the prequel will be like, you know, showing how this came to happen. Um, and then there's going to be a third one. It's going to be a trilogy, apparently. The third one is going to be set after the events of X um, and tell another story within within the world of uh, these films, which I'm all for. I'm all excited about it. I, I really love Ty West. Um, if you've never seen any of his other movies, people listening, not Alex, because I don't think you watch it, but um, House, <laughs> of the De- House of the Devil, The Innkeepers and The Sacrament, I think it's called, are all really, really good films. And this kind of stands alongside them as like a really solid filmography um, for, for Ty West. So well done him. Loved it. Big fan of it. And then finally, I watched um, another film that we've watched a trailer for together, but I think you probably haven't watched, uh, Fresh. Ah, oh, yeah. Well, I haven't watched it. <laughs> um, Sebastian Stan, Daisy Edgar-Jones. Uh, Daisy Edgar-Jones is Noah a young woman who is bored of online dating and having kind of unfulfilling interactions with arseholes and one day meets um, Steve, played by Sebastian Stan, in the uh, vegetable aisle of a supermarket and they quickly hit up a connection and start a relationship together. And uh, he invites her away on a weekend away and uh, they get there, she has a drink, she collapses because the drink is drugged and then from there the film... Um, plays out in a various disturbing ways. It's interesting, this movie. Before it came out, we watched the trailer, and I yeah. also saw lots of people being like, oh, Fresh is incredible. It's amazing. It goes to places you wouldn't expect it to, and uh, make sure you watch it by, with knowing as little as possible. And I always kind of feel a bit, when people say that about movies, I'm like, oh, well, now I know broadly what to expect, because I know to expect an unexpected thing in it, yeah. which is so... And because it's called Fresh, and because the because the poster for it is a yeah. hand in like meat packaging, I kind of knew what was going to happen and was expecting some of a twist because I because of how people have been saying, oh yeah. god, you got to. It sort of is what you expect it to be. There's oh, a couple okay. of there's a couple of cool moments in it. Sebastian Stan is very good in it. He's an actor I normally like. I I'm, I can kind of give or take Sebastian Stan most of the time. Like in the Marvel mm. movies, The Winter Soldier is pretty. Forgettable in my opinion, but he's pretty great here. Daisy Edgar Jones, who I don't think I've seen anything else, is really, really good as Noah. And it's a fun psychological thriller, but it seems to have had a reaction painting it as something more than that. And I don't quite know where those people are seeing it. Other mm. than it has a very late title card, which is a very good bit of creative um, chance taking. And there's a couple of other, like the direction is very good. and. Um, Mimi Cave, who I don't know if she's... It's her first film, has taken a few chances that pay off and do make it a little bit more mm. interesting than the standard film. But based on the fact it's called Fresh, based on the fact that the poster is a hand in meatpacking, uh, you know, meat container, you can kind of 
take it from there what's going to happen in the rest of the movie and it kind of does play out the way you'd expect but it was fun I gave it three stars and you know it's worth a watch even I think Alex you could probably watch it probably yeah, it's not that I, I, I guess much. I guess like for somebody like me, it might be a little bit more exciting than somebody like you, since you watch, you know, horrible, gross stuff all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, it's not that it's not that violent, and it, you know, it's a fun psychological thriller. I think I think maybe you know you could I think you'd be able to watch it. Mm. But there'd be a couple of bits where you'd have to like hold a pillow up in front of your face. But beyond that, <laughs> I do that in most films anyway, because uh, yeah, exactly. you know, between uh, slashing and secondhand embarrassment, I'm uh, I'm I'm not very good. <laughs> uh, and that's me for culture catch up this week. Uh, other wow. than I've been I've been listening to the new album from Ghost a lot, a band I've talked about liking uh, before. They're one of my top five bands. They're mm. a Swedish metal, oh, yeah. satanic priests. Uh, there is <laughs> they've just put out their fifth album, Impera. Uh, prequel the last album they put out was was set in the middle ages and inspired by the black plague this album is set in sort of the early 1900s and is inspired by the fall of an empire and um it's pretty pretty great pretty good so i'd recommend people go out and listen to impera by ghost as well um there's a darkness at the heart of my love is an all-time classic power ballad uh from this album so uh yeah and that is now me done with culture catch-up sounds good yeah. Fantastico. Oh, very yes. good, very good. Cool. So it's my turn. So um to prepare for today's episode, I uh watched um or uh, I've started watching films that were are in the um, uh best uh, t- uh, 2022 picture uh in, in the Oscars. Mm-hmm. So uh I started with West Side Story. Uh I watched West Side Story. Oh, what do you um, think? Uh, so, uh, uh, so I really didn't like the songs. I think it's just a kind of like musical genre that I don't enjoy. Um, I find it really weird that, you know, they would just like fight and then they start like singing and doing these jazz hands. And I, I, I feel like this film without the music and the dancing would have been decent, uh, because the story is quite um powerful and um do you mean Romeo and Juliet is a classic story but no but also like because you like the Puerto Ricans and they have arrived there in this area and you know the Irish think oh well this is our area but they're also kind of like immigrants so it's like immigrants fighting against the newest immigrant and you know it's quite it's quite current and it's 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 a love story so I think I think I think without the music I would have liked it more um, I think is a good story, but what I love about this film is Rachel Zegler. Oh yeah, Maria. She plays Maria. Yep. And I'm in love with her. She's a great singer. She's a great actor. Um, like Ansel Elgert. In all the scenes without her, he just had this weird face. But with her, <laughs> she made him act well. Yeah, yeah. Like she brought something out in in him that I I thought it was great. So, um apart from all the dancing and I I thought, you know, this is a good story, but it's so dated as well. Oh, it just like, I don't know. It's dated very... in one way though because it's a remake and it's set in a different Yeah, yeah, it's time. a remake, but it would have been nice if maybe 
it just doesn't fit with the times that we're living now, I feel. Like, I feel like that's been done. Those kind of musicals are done. Let's not bring them to this century and leave them where they used to be. Um, but in my, this is my opinion. And yeah. um, I, think, I think if he had made West Side Story not the musical, I think it would have been much better. Um but it was it was it was okay, you know. I you know I you know me and musicals. I'm not very good at them, you know. When yeah, it's like, enough. oh, we're gonna we're gonna we're going to fight, and then we're gonna like do some, uh, and dance, and you know, do some like. It was weird, like, uh, yeah, it was really weird. But um, I hope we can see Rachel Zegler more because she is amazing. And then after West Side Story, I watched uh, The Power of the Dog. Okay, what do you uh, that? Film starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Kristen Dunst, Jesse Plemons, Cody Smith McPhee, uh, directed by Jane Campion. Um, I'm 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 in awe of that film of the Power of the Dog. <laughs> it's incredible. It's so good. And what you told me when, when you spoke about it a few weeks ago and you said, you know, there's a lot that happens outside of the film. And I really appreciate that. The fact that she she was so brave to leave a lot of the plot for the outside away from the cameras. Yeah, I think it's a really it. incredible way to make a film. And... Oh, it was so good. It's so good. I I I really really enjoyed it, and I'm, I think I'm going to watch it again because I think I missed a couple of bits, and um, I I love the the scenery, the quietness, the fact that not everything is on screen. Um, it's incredible film. Benedict Cumberbatch is amazing in this film. I. I and and I think, but I think who stole the show was Cody Smith McPhee, really really good actor. I really yeah, enjoyed that's his. A, an interesting character. Yeah, and I really enjoyed how this character evolved, and um, and uh, I yeah I think I think this is a really good film, and I and uh, you know Jane Campion it was amazing. I'm making it and there's so much that is not in the film but you can also imagine what's happening I yeah the power of the dog is really 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 good um for some reason when you explained it to me I thought it was going to be a little bit more like thrillerish but yeah. it's actually quite it's a bit more psychotic i don't know is that is really well, it's, it's like a drama with a thriller happening in the background that's your yeah. your attention isn't being drawn to yeah yeah but then but then you you can see the consequences um mm -hmm. and uh, yeah no i really i really really enjoyed it i don't think i was gonna like it so much and i i didn't think i was gonna be so i don't know um in awe of it like i think it's like a really really incredible masterful film it's really good and so and then i watched uh king richard oh wow uh, with really? okay. uh, yeah with will smith and just a story about um uh how serena and venus williams became who they were um Will Smith, amazing in it. Really, really good. Uh, uh, really good film. 
I really, really enjoyed it. It's a very uh, interesting way to do a biopic. It felt real. <laughs> like, you know, sometimes with biopics, you're not really sure what's real and what is not, but it just felt mm. genuinely real. And yeah. I, and it was different from other biopics. And the fact that also Serena and Venus Williams really like kind of that they they approve of it it's like gives it even more and um yeah i really i really really enjoyed it i thought it was great and the actresses uh, that play uh serena and um and um venus william are really really good uh i thought they actually kind of portrayed the um them really well so yeah, yeah i really enjoyed it i really really enjoyed it it's funny it's uh um it doesn't it doesn't there's not like the drama that maybe there was they kind of keep outside the screen like personal things between uh um, richard williams and his wife you know uh, they kind of concentrated on him pushing them until they became tennis players and i thought it was great and i'm glad that finally will smith is doing something has done a film that actually shows what a, a good actor he is because yeah, he is amazing. Yeah. He is really good. I think uh, it's the best he's ever been for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, yeah, King Richard. Um, really, really enjoyed it. And then I watched Belfast, yeah. a film uh, directed by Kenneth Branagh with Jamie Dornan, Katrina uh, uh, Balfe. Um, the <laughs> show stealer Jude Hill as Buddy. Mm. He is amazing, <laughs> like the little kid, and um, I I enjoyed it, but I I could have I could have I I wanted more. Um, I don't I don't know how to explain. Like I thought I thought it was really nice. It was a very different portrayal of Belfast at the time. Like when you usually see a film of uh, uh, the conflict, you see a lot of more conflict. And I, I enjoyed the fact that he decided to kind of show it, show it just in the eyes of the kid and kind of, you know, like normality and him going to school, passing the barricades. Um, I, I, but I wanted, I don't know, I, I wanted some more, maybe another 20 minutes a little bit more. I just needed a little bit wow. more. Um, but I, I I really enjoyed it. Um, it. It was good. But it was a very quick film. It goes, dun, 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 then it's finished and then they leave. Yeah. Um, and uh, But I think uh, Jude Hill that plays Buddy, he was so good. And it was just, I really, really enjoyed that. And then after that, <laughs> I watched Licorice Pizza. Wow, you've really gone through it. Oh yeah, yeah. I really had to because I wanted to be ready for today, especially for Best Picture. Okay. Uh, I watched Licorice Pizza, and differently from Belfast, I needed a little bit less. <laughs> I needed about like, twenty <laughs> minutes less. <laughs> um. Uh, so this uh, uh, stars Alana Haim, uh, Cooper Hoffman, uh, and then there's I didn't realize I forgot that there was Bradley Cooper when he. It turns out, be like, what? Sean Penn, <laughs> uh, all the uh, the Heim sisters, the Heim parents. Um, Tom Waits is in there. Tom, yeah, <laughs> like everybody appears, and like you said.
said is like a hangout film and you know there's a lot of stuff happening but not 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 much happening and um there's a lot of running if you could do like a drinking game <laughs> of like <laughs> how many times it are uh Helena Heim and uh, Cooper Hoffman going to gonna um run uh you you're gonna be pretty drunk by the end of the film um i i i liked it but it could have been shorter it was just a little bit too long for me um but alana heim she is so good in this oh she, yeah she is i i don't know i just thought she was amazing in it she carried the film uh if if there would i think if there had been a different actor uh there wouldn't have been that kind of like she has a really amazing uh, aura of her like she she's like really her face is really expressive and how she acts is really amazing and she she acts sometimes a little bit silly i don't know it was i thought she is amazing by the end i really really couldn't stand anymore Cooper Hoffman. I don't know if it was a, a thing. Uh, Gary Valentine. I wanted to kill him. <laughs> I was like, Stop. oh, the character, the yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I th- I th- I thought it was good. It was a fun time. The only problem is in the back of my head, I was thinking she's twenty five and he's fifteen, and I was like, oh, that's that's gross. <laughs> that's really bad, you know. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah. There's. I just felt like a twenty five year old going out with a 15 year old oh i just couldn't i couldn't put it at the side so i was like i hope they never get together i hope they never get together and uh i just i i don't know i think if he had been 17 and her but, 25 but by the end of the movie i think he is 17 because i think the movie takes place over quite a long span of time does it yeah, 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 yeah. Because a lot happens. Okay. Like he starts, he starts multiple businesses, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. think I think it is meant to be that he is like sixteen, seventeen by the end of the film. Yeah. Okay. I hope so. And I love I love the fact that the Heim family was there. I really I thought the fa- the father was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he so is grumpy. funny, isn't he? His couple yeah. of little bits. And uh, then I watched um, a film that I'm not sure if you've seen, uh, a film called Coda. No, I haven't seen Coda. Uh, so uh, Coda uh, stands for a Child of Deaf Adults. And it's a story about uh, Ruby, who is the only uh, hearing member of a deaf family in uh, Gloucester, Massachusetts. And um, she works with her father, who is deaf, and her brother, who's also deaf, um, <clears throat> on a fishing boat before going to school. And um, she helps the family's business to keep uh, running uh, because all of her family is deaf. Um, after fishing all morning, she goes to school and um, uh, she joins the choir and she realizes that she loves singing, but also she is excellent at singing. And um, so uh, she she kind of um, this uh, love for singing kind of starts um, maybe separating her a little bit from her family who um, relies on her a lot and she has to make uh, some a tough decision 
Mm-hmm. And um, it stars Emilia Jones as Ruby Rossi, uh, Troy Kotzer as her dad, Marley Matlin as Jackie Rossi, her mum. And um, her brother is uh, Daniel Durant. Uh, and they, uh, Troy Kotzer, Marley Matlin and Daniel Durant are, are deaf. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, the, the film does not teach you anything different, you know, the film goes in kind of like probably a predictable kind of way, but the fact that there are like, there's, there's this, the parents and the brother are deaf and there's a lot of like sign language and there's a, and this shows like the difficulties of being like deaf and how you deal with like your job and, um, who who do you rely on who who has got the patience for you and i really really enjoyed it i thought it is a great film and i thought it was acted beautifully and there's there's a there's a lot of love behind this film and you can see it you can you see it you can sense it and um i thought it was really good really beautiful um really sweet i cried of course because i cry all the time and yeah uh, i really enjoyed it and then I watched a trailer for Nightmare Alley and I was like, I can't do that. So I didn't no, watch it. <laughs> so I watched, so now out of the uh, films, how many films are for uh, um, up for the Oscars? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Out of the eight uh, films nominated for the Oscars, I watched seven of them. I've watched eight of them. No, you haven't, because I haven't seen Coda. Yeah, I've seen the, all the others except for the Drive My Car. So you've seen it's, seven? I've seen eight of them. Well, I've seen so Belfast. So then I've seen eight. So I've, I've seen, seen eight. Belfast, many... Don't Look Up, Dry, uh, Dune. Ah, King sorry, sorry, I forgot, I forgot about Don't Look Up. So I watched, I watched them all bar Nightmare Alley. Sorry. How many films oh, are nominated for the Oscars? Ten. Ah, sorry, sorry. So I watched all of them, but not Nightmare Alley. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would. I don't know. I I just thought I'm gonna watch them, and um, they've uh, come out in the streaming services now. Most of these, so um, no, I thought I thought I'll uh, I'll be prepared for today, and I was very sick. So I spent a lot of time in bed this week <laughs> watching films. Well done. No, that's cool. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. And that's my uh, culture catch. Ah, no. I said listen to Jurassic 5, which are incredible. <laughs> you know Jurassic 5? Um, I know of them. The hip-hop, hip-hop group? Yeah, they're a hip-hop group from <clears throat> uh, the... Uh, from like the nineties slash two thousands, and they just popped up on my. I was listening to something, and they just popped up, and I really started enjoying listening to Jurassic Five. I really like like old school hip hop, so yeah, that was amazing. nice. Good. Ah, thank you. Yeah. So yeah, that's my culture catch up. Hopefully, I'm ready today for my predictions. I'm sure you are. Good. Uh, fantastic. Good stuff. Before we get to, uh, predictions, I've got one piece of my tube for us. Magic, magic, 
Stuff. You might have watched this already. You can tell me when I send it to you if you have or not. So, George has just sent me Marvel Studios Ms. Marvel. Official? official? Mm. <laughs> oh. Official okay? trailer. No, <laughs> clearly I am not okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um... Pretty exciting. Uh, I think Miss Marvel is one of my favourite, if not my favourite, Marvel Comics characters. So I'm excited to see her get a live action show. So this is the trailer for it. Shall we watch it? Was it not? It was it not the? Wasn't your favourite character that from um, that uh, comic? Uh, Marry me. You know the blonde one. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not a Marvel comic either, so it wouldn't count, even if I did like it, which I didn't like it, to be clear. Marry me. Marry me. Sorry. Okay. Okay, you ready? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Oh, they have the... uh... So first off, the weekend day, music. I yeah. You get what? Oh, I like oh, it. It's like a. Oh, no, wow. Your shirt. Cute. So they have put it in like comic boxes, what they're called in. Well, yeah, I mean, the, ad- the character in the comics is a a huge fan of the Avengers and stuff. Like the whole. Yeah. She's like a fangirl herself, so I guess. Yeah. Their mate, she's obviously obsessed with comics, so they're kind of bringing that into the into the show with comic panels and stuff. It's, it looks like a cool visual style. But yeah. I wonder if it's just in the trailer or if it's actually going to be in the show. Oh, and she's Muslim. Mm-hmm. I like that. Is she actually Muslim in the in the comics? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think she's the first sort of female Muslim superhero in the comic books and stuff. They do, they does need a little bit of representation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Did something happen to you? Oh. Did you hear something? Amazing. Oh, it looks good. Looks fun, oh. right? Yeah, I think it gives me a little bit of um, uh, Hawkeye vibes, like yes. coming of age uh, uh, superhero. Do you know what you are? Oh, I like it. Ah, oh, she's a superhero, Kamala. Oh, I'm excited. When is it? Street 8th of June. Yeah. Excellent. 
I think it's going to be good. It looks good, right? So we've got like, yeah. coming up at the end of this month, we've got Moon Knight, which is like quite dark and grim and gritty. Yeah. And I like all of that stuff. But then this looks like a real, like another yeah. kind of Hawkeye style thing, like you said. Yeah. It's a bit more fun and laid back and free. And like you said, I think it's just nice for representation generally to have like yeah. a, you know, a Muslim superhero, fem- young oh, girl, amazing. Muslim superhero, high schooler, fan yeah. of the comics. Like the fact that she's a fan of superheroes and that, yeah. inst- that kind of, Brings in, brings a character in and stuff is, is cool. I'm excited. Yeah, eighth of June. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's only and then the, around the corner. Exactly, and then the Captain Marvel sequel is called The Marvels, and is going to have you know Miss Marvel's going to be in that, so you know she's going to get onto the big screen and uh, all for the better. I think I love that character. They've changed her powers though. That's the only thing I'm not sure about. Her powers are different in this than they are in the comic books. In the comics, she mm. has what. She describes as embiggening powers where she's a bit like Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four. She can sort of stretch parts of her body, make her fists really big, etc. And it looks like she's still sort of doing that, but this time it's powered by some sort of cosmic band and it's like, you know, laser light show versions Mm. of her body parts getting bigger rather than actually her body sort of stretching and um, changing shape. People think mm. that they've done that because they're waiting to do that with Mr. Fantastic rather than have her do it first, but slightly Maybe. disappointed because, I, I, I don't know, I, I think it's a chain, an unnecessary change. But other than that, mm. you know, the things I like about that character aren't necessarily just her powers. So no. I'm excited. I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. It looks good. Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Okay. Um, shall we get started on the woman? Right. So what I'm going to do is I've prepared, you're going to be very impressed, I've prepared a spreadsheet. So I'm going to send you a link to a Google Sheet. So if you open up this. Wow, you're super prepared. Yeah. Oh, wow. No, you are crazy. So George (laughs) has prepared this incredible spreadsheet with like all the categories. And then there's a kind of... um, a drop-down menu where you can choose. George, this is good. Thanks. Well done, George. You're so good. Thank you. Try my best. <laughs> I was trying to work out, I'm still trying to work out how I can use conditional formatting to count or use count if. I'm trying to work out how I can count up our scores automatically once I put the winners in, but I'll see if I can, you know, I'll be able to very easily just do that yeah. manually so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay. Right, I figured we should start at the bottom and work our way yes. up to the big one. Okay. Um, this was the order of the awards on, I think, the official site when I was looking. I think I went through the official site to get these. Uh, so mm. this is kind of the way they've structured it. Um, mm. Although some of, the, some of these awards, it's very controversial, some of these awards are not being broadcast live on the night and are going to be given out off camera. Why? Um, well, because they want more time in the live show for, like, musical numbers and jokes and people are pretty annoyed about it which i can understand rightfully so and i think it's stuff like visual effects and sound and editing Mm. and things that are getting sort of uh, taken off screen which is you know i I can see why people don't like that i just don't um, understand though like you have an award show yeah yeah. why make it as a cinema why not make it as tables and you can drink and eat and people can like enjoy themselves just feels so contrived I think because it's so such a big thing, they just want a venue that can fit the most famous people in. Whereas oh, if you've okay. got tables, you're spreading people out more, aren't you? Yeah, I guess so. 
But I think it'd be so nice if you could just like go to an award show and like have like a few Ooh. glasses of champagne and yeah, I, I, the Baftas does tables, right? Baftas, not now. No, I don't uh, remember. There is one that does tables and stuff, but I'm not sure which one. Gold, that is. Golden Globes, maybe. Maybe Golden Globe, but they don't exist anymore, do they? They they haven't been around for a while. Golden. Oh, they they've stopped doing it as a as a as a show or something because it's, okay. it's, it's a load of nonsense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right then, Alex, what's the first nomination? So the what's the first category first for us to choose? Writing, original screenplay. So the writing. categories are Belfast, Don't Look Up, mm-hmm. King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and The Worst Person in the World, which I haven't seen. Mm, the only one I've not seen, actually, The Worst Person in the World. Quick synopsis for that. A 20-something woman battles indecisiveness as she traverses the troubled waters of her love life and struggles to find her career path. It looks really good, The Worst Person in the World. It's meant to be a really, really good film. I want to watch it. Um, if we haven't seen it, then but well, we can choose choose anyway, don't can we? I mean, there's going to be a lot of things we haven't seen uh, <laughs> on these lists. Uh, for what what I think, I think uh, licorice pizza is going to win. Yeah, I I'm I'm the same. I feel the same way. I think licorice yeah. pizzas. I think you know for everything that's good about that movie, a lot of it comes in the writing and. Uh, mm. You know, making yeah. a hangout movie work, it comes down to how kind of welcoming almost the writing is, bringing you into the yeah. world and, and stuff like that. And um, he's he's kind of delved into Hollywood lore and mythology and pulled together a story that combines kind of a lot of real, real world inspirations. Mm. And he's done it in a way that I think works really well. So I agree. Licorice Pizza. What's up next? Next one is writing adapted screenplay. So there is Coda. Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, The Power of the Dog. Hmm. I think it's going to be hard to beat um, The Power of the Dog on this one. I think it's going to be Coda. <clears throat> really? Why? Yeah. I th- This is more a political move because I don't think Coda is going to win best picture and best yeah. thing so i think as something they're going to give it to because i think drive my car is going to be up there with like you know other things and uh june definitely not um i have a feeling that the lost daughter i haven't seen which but i would love to see and yeah. i think the power of the dog is more up to winning best film interesting I think The Power of the Dog might be on for a bit of a sweep to win a few categories. Ah, okay. And I think that part of what's so good about it is, and I haven't read the original book, but I'm assuming from the way the movie is that she's picked and chosen which elements of the book to put on screen and which elements to kind of leave unspoken. Yeah. And... Mm. There's so much going on outside the screen in that film. I think is you know to have adapted it from a book. She's done a really good job. So I am going to mm. go at the power of the dog. Okay. First divergence. Who will be right? First Who will be wrong? Divergence. Yes. Um. What's next is <laughs> visual effects. <laughs> uh, what are the nominees, Alex? The nominees are Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Spider-Man, No Way Home. Will Free Guy win an Oscar? Oh, no. (laughs) You'll be so sad. You'll be so angry about it. Um, I think, I think Dune 
because I think June is the most um the one that looks like it's got the least well I haven't seen No Time to Die though or Free Guy but I think June is the one that looks the least with um visual effects but the most natural looking so I think it might yeah. be June I have a feeling June's going to do really well in a lot of the technical categories because yeah. it's doing such a, a kind of unique yeah thing um mm. But part of me wonders whether Spider-Man's going to get it because it's the only thing Spider-Man's nominated for and people really wanted that to, uh, like... <clears throat> win something. Yeah, but mm. <clears throat> the visual effects aren't actually that good in Spider-Man. Though, no, exactly. <laughs> I think it's going to be June. I'm putting June. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go June as well. Because it's, so, it's, it's a spectacular film. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Part of me feels like... Uh, part of me feels like it might go to Spider-Man but if it does go to Spider-Man it's the wrong choice because yeah, it, it sort of I, I, some, I, I heard somebody describe it as looking like it was filmed in a cupboard and it kind of does look a little bit like that <laughs> um, even though I love it it's an amazing film but it's an amazing film for ver- for reasons yeah. that aren't uh. the visual effects uh, next I think we've got- Shang-Chi has got a good, good I think Shang-Chi is pretty also could mm. be it's, it's doing it's doing a good job, but it's also I don't know it's just doing the Marvel thing. Like June is yeah. creating a yeah. yeah. Next we've got sound. Sound. We have Best Belfast. Sound. June. No time to die. Power to dog. West Side Story. Nef- oh, no. West Side Story. Um. Sound as sound engineering, isn't it? Like how the sound sounded. Yeah, not like music. the soundscape, not the score. No. Mm. Um. June. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it, it has, has to be June. Yeah. yeah, because it definitely like when when they do the 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 internal voices and it, it makes you vibrate in your soul. Yeah, it has to be June. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That's true. Actually, that sort of throat singing thing they yeah. do is yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah. Um yeah, no, it has to be Dune. Mm. Right, next next up we've got a category that maybe neither of us have seen any of the films that Okay, so the next one is short film live action. Alakachu, The Dress, The Long Goodbye, On My Mind, Please Hold. Yeah. I so have, what yeah. I've got is I've got a list of synopses, so I'll read yeah, those okay. out and then we can see what we think we from that. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Alakachu Take and Run is by Maria Brendel and Nadine Lushinger. Here's the synopsis. 19-year-old Sezim wants to fulfil her dream of studying in the Kyrgyz capital, but is kidnapped and forced to marry a stranger. Torn between her desire for freedom and the constraints of traditional Kyrgyz culture, she desperately seeks a way out. Okay. That's Alakachu Take and Run. The Dress is by Tadeus Lysiak and Masiej Slaziki. Sorry if I'm mangling those names. Uh, Lust, sexuality and physicality are the deepest desires that Virgin Julia suppresses while working at a wayside motel. That is, until she crosses paths with a handsome truck driver who soon becomes the object of her fantasies. Okay. That sounds... I think uh, between the two I will go for Alakachu, but let's hear the third one. Next up, we've got The Long Goodbye... Uh, by Anil Carrier and Riz Ahmed. Um, in a dystopian near future, a British South Asian family must deal with the feelings toward them by their adopted country when they are rounded up by a gang of gun-wielding thugs. Okay. 
Then we've got On My Mind by Martin Strange Hansen and Kim Magnusson. Uh, Henrik wants to sing a song for his wife. It has to be today. It has to be now. It's a question of life, death and karaoke. Okay. <clears throat> and then lastly, Please Hold by K.D. Davila and Levin Menexe. In the near future, a young working class Latino is wrongfully arrested by a police drone. Realising he has no means of recourse in the fully automated and privatised justice system, he attempts to reach a human who can set things right. Uh, I'm going to go for Alakachu. Take that and run. Interesting. I'm going to go for the long goodbye based on okay. my appreciation for Rizamet and his work. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, up next, we've got another short film category, but this time it is animated. I haven't seen any of these either. No, never so have I. So Affairs again. of the Art, Bestia, Books Ballet, Robin Robin. I I actually read Robin Hood. I was like, what? But no, it's Robin <laughs> Robin. The, Wilshin, the wind, Windshield Wiper. Yeah, so let me give you some uh, synopses. So Burrow is by Madeline Sharafian and Michael Cap Barrett. Uh, a young rabbit embarks on a journey to dig the burrow of her dreams, despite not having a clue what she's doing. Rather than reveal her imperfections to her neighbours, she digs herself deeper and deeper into trouble. After hitting bedrock bottom, she learns that there is no shame in asking for help. Aww, Aww. nice. Um, is that... That's not on... Oh. Ah, oh, poop. What? Ignore that. Don't. That's that's an old, that's old news. That was last year's nomination. Where's the blooming? This website is a pain. <laughs> what is going on? That was weird. It's like it's called Affairs of the Art, and you're talking about. <laughs> Give me a moment. Give me a moment. <laughs> Ignore what I just did. I don't this... know what you've just done. Where's the animated short film? There. Here we go. Okay. Right. Okay. Affairs of the Art by Joanna Quinn and Les Mills. Well, Welsh housewife Beryl muses on her lifelong passion for art, as well as her family's eccentric yet endearing obsessions with everything from screw threads to pet taxidermy. Okay. Then we've got Bestia by Hugo Carrarubias and Tevo Diaz. Uh, the life of a secret police agent during the military dictatorship in Chile in 1975 is explored as her relationships with her dog, body, fears and frustrations reveal a grim fracture of her mind and of the country. Oh. Mm -hmm. And we've got Box Ballet by Anton Diakov. <clears throat> Delicate ballerina Olya meets... Evgeny, a rough boxer who personifies strong but silent, with very different lives and worldviews, will they be brave enough to embrace their feelings? Can two fragile souls hang on to each other despite the world's cruelty? Mm -hmm. And then we've got Robin Robin by Dan Ajari and Mikey Please, although I'll also mention that Robin Robin is an Aardman animation film. Um, oh. When her egg rolls into a rubbish dump, Robin is raised by a loving family of burglar mice. As she grows up, however, her differences become more apparent. Robin sets off on the heist to end all heists to prove to her family that she can be a really good mouse, but ends up discovering who she really is. Oh. And then The Windshield Wiper by Alberto, Mielgo and Leo Sanchez. Inside a cafe, after lunch and while smoking a whole pack of cigarettes, a middle-aged man asks himself in the audience an ambitious question, what is love? Oh. You know. I'm going to go for Robin Robin. Yeah, so am I, because it's a Aardman film and I like Aardman. So. And I'm just looking at pictures and it looks really lovely. So yeah, Robin Robin. <laughs> yeah, fair play. Um, right, up next we've got production design. Who are our nominees, Alex? 
we have June, Naime mm-hmm. Ali, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, West Side Story. So production design, what does that mean? That's like the world, the sets. Uh, hi. Oh, well. So I think it probably be, is going to be between Nightmare Alley and West Side Story. If Nightmare Alley wins an Oscar, I'll jump off a hill. But also. No, but production design, like, if you look at Nightmare Alley, it looks incredible like the set design look amazing and West Side Story as well like they did I, I really appreciated what he did it looked like like a theatre at some point you know yeah um, yeah. so I think it'd be between those two um, Nightmare man, having seen Nightmare Alley the best thing about it is it's production design for sure yeah so but I'm not picking it I, I, I think it's Dune again yeah I, mm. I, 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 I they've created an entire I world I guess yeah, I guess so. I'm going to go for West Side Story for production design. I'm going all in on Dune, mm. which is either going to pay off or mean that I lose by a lot. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. Um, next up, we've next. got original song. Oh. Always a, a strange category. Uh, who are our nominees? Oh, we have Be Alive by King Richard, Don, in King Richard, Don's <laughs> Oru... <laughs> <laughs> by King Richard. By King Richard the First from the 1600s. Um, Dos Oruguitas, Encanto, Down to Joy Belfast, No Time to Die, No Time to Die, Somehow You Do, Four Good Days. I don't remember Be Alive in King Richard. I think it might be just over the credits. It's like a Beyonce song, so it's a big deal on account ah, of it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, yes. Beyonce. I remember now. Um, uh, I think probably. Well, you know, no time to die. I think Billie Eilish is going to win an Oscar. Yeah. I think this is think her world no and we're living die. in it at the moment. And yeah. 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 I think if if Disney had nominated We Don't Talk About Bruno oh, instead yeah. of Dos... I don't even remember that song. I don't know which song that is. Dos Oregritos. Uh, it's when... Uh, it's... Um, it's the song where they she talks about uh, when she met her husband. Abuela talks about when she met. Um, oh the yeah, husband. that's not. Da, See, this da, is a real da, case da, of Encanto having da, like da, da, such da, a long da. tale that yeah. Disney will have decided what song from it to nominate before we don't talk about Bruno. Kind of naturally yeah. became the big yeah. successful tune. Mm. Um, it's interesting because I think actually at the ceremony there's going to be a live performance of We Don't Talk About Bruno, not Dos Origuitas. Ah. I do, um, I do like those sort of guitars though. I like, I like, I like the poppier numbers. <laughs> personally, so no time uh, to die for both. No of time us to there. die. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then we've got an original score, and what are our nominees? Uh, the nominees for original score are "Don't Look Up," "Dune," "Encanto," "Parallel Mothers," "The Power of the Dog." I think interesting it's going to be choices. Really interesting. I don't know because I think uh, Lin Manuel Miranda is just like. That's true. Johnny Greenwood mm. though often gets, you know, Johnny Greenwood did the score for the Power of the Dog. You know, from Radiohead. Yes, but that was a good score, wasn't it? Mm. But has Johnny Greenwood not already won for for a film score? 
Uh, yeah, he won for There Will Be Blood, but people win, yeah. you know, multiple Oscars. Yeah, yeah, people win more times, but I think... Mm, it's like I don't think Olivia Colman will win Be- Best Actress again, because... No, probably not. Mm. I'm going to go with um, June. <laughs> hmm... Hans Zimmer turned down working with Christopher Nolan to do Dune because it was his lifelong passion because he loves Dune so much. And I think he absolutely, I think that score okay, is Okay, I'm going to go for Dune as well. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, next one is Make Makeup and Hairstyling. Yeah, what are we, our nominees here? Oh, we have Coming to America, Cruella, Dune. The Eyes of Tammy Faye, House of Gucci. Mm, this is difficult. Don't you mean uh, House of Gucci? House of Gucci. J- Jared Leto, Paolo Gucci. Uh, the Eyes of Tammy Gray has had a lot of um, kind of news around it, a lot of uh, because of what they did to uh, Jessica Chastain. She's unrecognisable in that film. So is Andrew Garfield. She's, yeah. Yeah. I think House this might Gucci, be a... House of Gucci... Mm. I think only only Jared Leto had a fat suit put on him. Yeah, I mean it's impressive. He doesn't look like Jared Leto, mm. but also to what end? To to what effect? Coming to America? <clears throat> mm, I don't think so. I think probably the eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah, I think it's going to be the eyes of Tammy Faye as well. And to be fair, like Jessica Chastain is. It doesn't look like Jessica Chastain in that. No. Um, no. Well, I've only seen the trailer, but. Mm. It looks impressive. I really okay. want to see that film, actually. Yeah, I wouldn't mind and, seeing that. I think it came and, and went in the cinema here really quickly. And has Andrew Garfield stop? Like, it feels like it's everywhere. Like, tick, tick, boom, boom. The eyes of Tommy Faye. Uh, it was in Spider-Man. No, I'm, I'm fine with it. I love Andrew Garfield. So. <laughs> it's all good. Oh. What's up next? next International one. feature film. What are our yes. nominees? Drive My Car is nominated for film, international film and... Yeah, so was Parasite the year that Parasite won. It won both awards, ah, did Parasite. Yeah. Wow. So the nominees are Drive My Car, Japan, Flea, which I really want to watch, uh, Denmark, The Hand of God, Italy, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom in Bhutan, and The, wor- the Worst Person in the World, Norway. I think the fact that it's nominated in Best Picture means that Drive My Car is a walk for this category. Because I was thinking now, <clears throat> I think is if this if Drive My Car wins, then I'm going to put Power of the Dog as the Best Picture. You'll call, but I I think this is Drive My Car because yeah it's... yeah Drive My Car, Drive My Car or the Hand of God, Drive My Car, yeah. Uh, I do really want to see the worst person in the world, though. It does look uh, very good. Mm. But I think Drive My Car is going to win that. Okay, film editing. Who are our nominees? Don't, don't Look Up, June, King Richard, Power the Dog, Tick, Tick, Boom, Boom. Why has Don't Look Up had so many nominations? I have no idea. It's it's fine. It's like a fun no, film. I like the film, but I, I didn't realise it was going to be nominated for so many things. No, it's weird. It's strange. Um... I think Power of the Dog. I think. Guess what I think. Dune. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go Dune. I'm going to pop a little Dune I'm on go my for Power the predictions dog. here. 
How, what, am I, am I, I'm currently predicting Dune is going to win one, two, three, four, five Oscars. And me, one, two, three. But often that happens. Often a film will sweep the technical categories and not win any of the big ones. And I think that's yeah. uh, that's going to be Dune's lookout this year on account mm-hmm. of it not getting a Best Director nomination. Uh, I can't okay. believe he didn't. Crazy. Hmm? I know. It's Crazy. ridiculous. The, the guy is like the best director alive today. So come on. Yeah. Give him, give him an Oscar, you idiots. Uh, okay, <laughs> up next we've got another one that's going to be a bit tricky. We've got documentary short subject. Um, let me just find the... I've seen none of there them. There we go. So who are our nominees? The nominees are Audible, Lead Me Home, The Queen of Basketball, Three Songs for Benazir, and When We Were Bullies. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you a little synopsis for each of those. So Audible by Matt Ogans and Jeff McLean. Um, shaken by a friend's suicide, a deaf high school football player copes with family and relationships while venturing into the hearing world after graduation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lead Me Home uh, by Pedro Koss and John Schenk, film synopsis. Uh, the film pers- personalises the issues faced by the 500,000 Americans coping with homelessness every night, challenging attitudes and showing the scale, scope and diversity of unsheltered America. Mm. And we've got The Queen of Basketball by Ben Proudfoot. Uh, Lucy Harris is one of the greatest living women's basketball players. She won three national trophies, scored the first basket in women's Olympic basketball at the 1976 Olympics and was drafted to the NBA, yet how many basketball fans have heard of her today? Uh, and we've got three mm-hmm. songs for Benazir by Elizabeth Mersey and Gurliston Mersey. Uh, <clears throat> Shaster, a young man who is newly married to Benazir and living in a camp for displaced persons in Kabul, struggles to balance his dreams of being the first from his tribe to join the Afghan National Army with the responsibilities of starting a family. And then we've got When We Were Bullies by Jay Rosenblatt. A mind-boggling coincidence leads a filmmaker to track down his fifth-grade class and fifth-grade teacher to examine their memory of and complicity in a bullying incident 50 years ago. Oh. <clears throat> Maybe lead I, me home. Mm, I would most want to watch When We Were Bullies because that sounds yeah. really interesting and the kind of thing I like watching. But I think I'm going to go with the Queen of Basketball because I think I've heard people saying that that's quite a uh, mm. a likely candidate. <clears throat> Gosh, what's been stuck in my bloody mouth? Okay, what's my our next bloody... category? <clears throat> next category is documentary feature, uh-huh. and the nominees are Ascension, Attica, Flea, Summer of Soul, or When the Revolution Could Be Not Could Not Be Televised, and Writing with Fire. Oh. I've only seen one of them, which is Summer of Soul. And I loved a documentary, so I'm going to put that one because it's <clears> great. Yeah, I'm going to put that as well because I think it's going to win. Yeah. And I do want to watch it. I should watch it. It's so sounds, good. It sounds important and brilliant. Okay, we're getting into yeah. some, of the, some of the, well, they're all important, oh. but some of the big ones now. We've got directing. Directing. Who so are directing our nominees? We have Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Ryusuke Amaguchi, Drive My Car, Paul Thomas Anderson, Licorice Pizza, Jane Campion, The Power of the Dog, Steven Spielberg, Spielberg, West Side Story. It's interesting. I could sort of see maybe Power of the Dog getting best film and then maybe Kenneth Branagh getting best director. But it also feels like it might be one of those years where 
the same film wins for both, and it's Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. Yeah, I'm going to put Jane Campion, Power of the Dog. Yeah, because so am I. I've seen all of these films, and I'm putting what I think should win, not what, because I think it's amazing. I, I think she's got a good chance. Um, I mean, but also Spielberg seems like one of those people who it, it almost feels like people don't bother to give him Oscars now because he's sort of Steven Spielberg. He's beyond Oscars, if that makes sense. But I don't think West Side, I'm sorry, but I don't think West Side Story should be nominated for anything. That's fair. That's I think, I think, I think probably, um, uh, Maria, who plays Maria, um, I think probably Rachel Zegler is like the the only thing that could is she nominated for anything? I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's the only nomination she should have had because she's amazing in it. I strongly disagree, but we'll get to that uh, in a little bit. <laughs> um, right, pardon. right, costume design, costume design. Uh, Cruella. So the nominees are Cruella, Cyrano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story. Yeah, the only one of these I've not seen is Cyrano, which is a pity actually because I'd really like to watch it. The National mm. wrote the uh, wrote the soundtrack to that film, but um, I haven't seen mm. it. Uh, I think it's going to be Cruella. I think the costumes are crazy good in that film. Mm. And I can't just pick Dune for everything. No. Uh, I'm going to go for West Side Story. Interesting, but you said it shouldn't be have any nominations. Yeah, but I I, I think uh, it's going to win that. Fair play. Okay, interesting, <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah. Right, well, next we've got cinematography. Cinematography. Um, what are our nominees? June, uh, Nightmare Ali, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, West Side Story. Yeah. I haven't um, seen the tragedy of Macbeth, but it looks cinematographically beautiful. It does. I equally, I haven't seen it, but the the, the uh, trailer makes it look absolutely gorgeous. So, um, but the power of the dog west sides not nightmare alley. It's just rubbish, stupid film. Um, this is another one where I'm just going to go with my favorite little sweet boy and pick Dune. <laughs> it is pretty beautiful. I'm oh, going to do Dune on, as well. Come on, it's so good. It looks so good. Yeah. Yeah. And it did like when they're on, believe, when they're on, go on. I can't believe Denny Villeneuve is not, uh, is not nominated for directing. That's it's, crazy. It's a disgrace is what it is. Is this a disgrace? Like, I'm sorry, but they put Steven Spielberg and they haven't put Denny Villeneuve. Mm-hmm. I'm, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. But uh, Dune looks gorgeous. And like from when mm. they're on Caledon at the start to when they get to um, Arrakis, uh, just the way it, the way it's shot, it all just absolutely blew my mind. So, yeah. Mm. All right. Um, animated feature film. What are our nominees? We have Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchell, V's versus The Machine, and Rhea and the Last Dragon. Encanto. Yeah. I really, really love The Mitchells versus The Machines. <clears throat> yeah. But... And I don't know if it's just recency bias. No, I don't think it is. I think it has to be Encanto. I think Encanto is one of my favourite animated films of all time. Yeah. Okay, we're getting into now the big five. Best Ooh. actress in a supporting role. Where are our nominees? Jessie Buckley, The Lost Daughter. Ariana DeBose. Oh, she was amazing, actually, in West mm-hmm. Side Story. 
uh, West Side Story, Judy Gench, Belfast, Kristen Dunst, The Power of the Dog, Anjanu Ellis, King Richard. Mm. I think Ariana DeBose is the best thing in West Side Story, and I think she will win this category. I think she's amazing in that film. Just a second. <coughs> uh, yeah, I forgot about her. She is amazing. Sorry. Because I was, I'm so in love with Rachel Zegler that I forgot that she's incredible too. Um, I think uh, it's gonna go to uh, Ariana de Bose West Side Story because she was good. Sorry, I forgot about her. She's also amazing. <laughs> yeah, fair play. Um, right up next, actress in a leading role. What do you think? Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Colman, The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman being The Ricardos, Kristen Stewart Spencer. Where is Zendaya for Dune? <laughs> <laughs> that is um, pretty good role. This is a strange list of am, performances. I'm sorry. I am sorry. But I cannot believe that Rachel Zegler is not in it. I'm sorry. She was so good. Yeah, but she's known Nicole Kidman in Being the Ricardos, a film that is not nominated for any of the other awards we've talked about so far. Um, I think... Same true Spencer, I think actually. At, yeah, I think at this point, probably Jessica Chastain. Yeah, my heart is with Kristen Stewart because I really like Kristen Stewart and she puts yeah. in, she does put in a good performance in Spencer. But mm. it feels like... The, the 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 eyes of the world are pointing towards the eyes of Tammy Faye. It feels like that's yeah. going to be Jessica Chastain. And I really, you know, yeah. she's a great actress. She deserves an Oscar. I haven't seen the movie, but I'm yeah. sure she's very good in it. In fact, I haven't... The only one of these films I've seen is Spencer, but I'll, I'm going to go with Jessica Chastain. Yeah. Okay, up next we've got actor in a supporting role. What are uh, our nominees? We have... Sia I don't know how... Kieran? Kieran. Sarah? Kieran. Kieran. I loved I love uh, Irish names. Kieran <laughs> uh, Hins, Belfast, um, Troy Kotsu Koda, Jesse Plemons, Power the Dog, JK Simmons being the Ricardos, Cody Smith McPhee, the Power the Dog. What do you think about uh, J- Jesse Plemons having a nomination for this? I think it was really good in uh, Power of the Dog because I feel um, as a character, you at the beginning of the film, he looks a bit so he, he just he's a non-entity. And by the end, he has changed a lot. He, yeah. he, so I th- I think it's a good nomination. I think okay. he should be nominated. That's fair. Um, but I think it's, it's either between Troy Kotsur, Koda, and Cody Smith McPhee, the Power of the Dog for me. I'm going to go, I haven't seen it, but I've heard that his performance is really, really good. So I'm going to go with Troy Kotzer from Coda. Mm, he's really good. Oh, I cried. There's a scene in Coda and it was the end. I was like, ah, he's in it. And I was like crying so much because he's so, he's so expressive. Um, I'm going to go for, yeah, Troy Kotzer, Coda. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. We come to actor in a leading oh. role. I've been thinking about this all week. <laughs> uh, what are the nominees? The nominees are Javier Bardem, Being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch, The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, Boom, Will Smith, King <clears throat> Richard, Denzel, or Denzel Washington, The Tragedy of Macbeth. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's going to be Benedict Cumberbatch to power the dog. Interesting. Mm. I think it's a three-way race between him, Andrew Garfield and Will Smith. Mm. And I wish I'd seen... seen... Tick, tick, boom, boom? No, I haven't seen it. Uh, no, I tick, really tick, want boom. to watch it. It's called Tick, Tick, Boom. <laughs> tick, Tick, Boom, Boom. <laughs> um, uh, I think there's I'm a good... I'm going to... Yeah. What? What? Just a second. How about um, Timothy Chalamet in June? I can't believe he hasn't got a nomination because he was spectacular in that film. He is very good in like that, film. that scene with the box. Yeah, where he's screaming. Yeah, I'm. Mm, I'm. I'm not happy about that. No, and especially with, I mean, I've not seen it, but that that being the Ricardo's movie is meant to be pretty poor, and I don't quite understand why him and Nicole Kidman have both had uh, nominations, and J.K. Simmons, it's strange. Anyway, it's Will Smith for King Richard. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, The Power of the Dog. Ooh, mm. interesting. Mm. I really want Will Smith to win an Oscar. It's past time. True, you're right. That'd be nice. Because, like, Denzel has already won. Benedict, has Benedict ever won an Oscar? Uh, no, I don't think he has. Hmm. But he's so good in that film. Best picture. What are our nominees? Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, June. You just put Nightmare <laughs> <laughs> Whilst I was reading, George just put Nightmare Alley. <laughs> June, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Naima Ali, The Power of the Dog, West Side Story. Poo-poo Ali. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> uh, I think uh, The Power of the Dog. Uh, yeah, I think that there's June? been enough. No, June is not going to win Best Film. No, I think June's going to win all those technical ones, but I think Power of the Dog's going to take the um, yeah. the big award. It might not, because quite... <clears throat> Quite often the film think, that everyone centers their their obsession around ends up not winning. But I don't I see any of these. Powder Dog and Coda. Interesting. What about, I, what about I think Drive Coda My Car? Coda is a classic. Do you think can they give them to us two not two Oscars? Pa- Parasite won both awards. Ah, oh, so Parasite won both. Um. Um. Hmm, I don't know. I think it's between Power the Dog and Coda. Because I think Coda is right in the Oscars alley, you know? Mm. Kind of like feel good, comedy. I don't know. But no, Power the Dog. Yeah, it's not going to be West Side Story. It's not going to be... I mean, I, I really hope it's not Nightmare Alley. Can you imagine? <laughs> Poo-poo Alley. I can't believe it's even there. Um... Licorice Pizza, King Richard's good, but I think it's about the acting with that one. I mean, I'd, I'd give it to Dune, but I don't think Dune's going to take it. I haven't seen Drive My Car. It's dead. Again, similar to Nightmare Alley, I can't see that. I hope Don't Look Up doesn't win it. And I I liked Don't Look Up. Yeah, I don't understand Canada, how it's nominated. Belfast. Bel- is Belfast going to walk away without any awards? Because that's surprising oh, to me. Like, it, 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 it's a good film, but it's... I don't know. I liked it. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, but if I had to choose between a director, Kenneth Branagh, and Denis Villeneuve, uh, Denis Villeneuve any time, like, I mean, for the films, they've uh, between Belfast and I'm June. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. 
And I just don't understand how it has not been nominated. It is sheer madness. It's mm. ridiculous. It's annoying. Um, yeah. Okay, so that that's it. So I've got we've both gone with the power of the dog for our best picture pick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready for? Um, should we run through the nominations one more time and give our choice for each category? Absolutely, but I need to go and get my charger. Okay. And pee. Okay. You do that. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Cool. Okay. Cool. So. Licorice poo. <laughs> what? What have you done? Nothing. What are you doing? Why? Why have you changed it? <laughs> You're so stupid. Licorice poo. Poon. No time to poo. You're being very vulgar, Alex, on our podcast. The poos of Tommy Faye. <laughs> oh, you're stupid. <laughs> no time to poo. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Okay. Are uh, <laughs> you still there? Drive my poo. George, are you there? Okay. We're going to go through the categories and um, and uh, say what our choices are for each category, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Are you ready? I am ready. So what's the first category? So the first category is writing original screenplay. Okay, writing original screenplay, I've gone with Licorice Pizza. <laughs> so we had a quick toilet break and George just decided to change all my cat, all my titles and so he changed it to Licorice Poo. <laughs> That's horrible, Alex. Why are you making up lies? You changed it. You put Licorice Poo, Pooda, Pood, Pood, a la Cachu Take and Poo, Poobin and Poobin. Poo side story. <laughs> oh, time to poo. <laughs> the poos of <laughs> Tommy Faye. <laughs> Drive my poo. <laughs> so basically, you didn't change the power of the poo. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> it's too obvious. So, <laughs> how can it be too obvious? Oh, uh, <laughs> so I put licorice, licorice pizza too. Okay, good. Licorice Pizza. Next up, yeah. writing adapted screenplay. I went with The Power of the Dog by Jane Campion. And I went Coda. Coda, good. <laughs> Next up, visual effects. I went with Dune. Me too. Dune. Sound. Best sound. I went with Dune again. Same. Dune, Dune. as well. Short film live action. I went with The Long Goodbye. And I went with Alakachu. Take and run. Take and run, well done. Um, <laughs> short film animated, I went with Robin Robin. <laughs> Me too, Robin Robin. Good. Production design, I went for Dune. <laughs> and I went actually for Pooh Side Story. <laughs> okay, good. Um, <laughs> music, best original song, I went with No Time to Die uh, from No Time to Die by Billie Eilish. 
<laughs> Same. No time to die. Good. But on my list, it says no time to poo. <laughs> I don't know why. It, why I don't know why you've done that. Um, best original score. Uh, I went with Dune by Hans Zimmer. Yeah, same, June. Okay, good. Makeup and hairstyling, <laughs> I went with The Eyes of Tammy Faye. <laughs> Me too, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. <laughs> good. Um, international feature film, I went with Drive My Car from Japan. Yeah, Drive My Car, the same. Good. Uh, film editing, I went with Dune. And I went Power of the Dog. The Power of the Dog. Uh, documentary short subject, I went with The Queen of Basketball. <laughs> journey of the titles for a while <laughs> but then the next one he did change it and he put summer of pearl <laughs> why is that funny <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> okay uh, so documentary short film I went with the queen of basketball you went with Lead Me Home. Good. Documentary feature, I went with Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised. And I went the same. Um, <laughs> best director, I went with Jane Campy and the Power of the Dog. Uh, same. Jane Campy and the Power of the Dog. Good. Uh, costume designer, I went with Cruella. Uh, and I went with West Side Story. <clears throat> Good. Cinematography, I went for Dune. Same, Dune. Good. Animated feature film, I went with Encanto. Yeah, Encanto. Encanto! Uh, actress in supporting role, Anna, Ariana DeBose, West Side Story. Yeah, Ariana DeBose, West Side Story, same. Good. Jessica, uh, actress in a leading role, I went with Jessica Chastain from the eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah, same. Jessica Chastain, the, the, uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye. Good. Actor in a supporting role, I went with Troy Kotzer from Coda. Same. Good. Actor in a leading role, I went with Will Smith, King Richard. And I went with Benedict Cumberbatch, The Power of the Dog. Good. And best picture of all, <laughs> I went with The Power of the Dog. <laughs> You're so stupid, George. And I went with The Power of the Dog, but George has changed it to The Power of the Poo. <laughs> You're so stupid. The Poo of the Dog. Stop changing it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Good. Okay. How exciting. Mm. Are you going to watch the Oscars? Uh, I guess as we've done this, maybe I should. Although it's always on at like one in the morning, etc. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe I'll maybe yeah. I'll live tweet the Oscars from the Culture Bucket Twitter account. Wouldn't that be oh, exciting? Wow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, everybody will be standing at the edge of their seats. Oh, yeah, yeah they surely will. So. So. So uh, um, that's been our <laughs> Oscar prediction special. Um, we will, I guess, check in after the Oscars happened to decide on a winner, uh, see who was most accurate in their predictions. And um, that will be fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good stuff. Okay. 
And uh, that's been episode 66 of Culture Bucket, the world's greatest podcast. Uh, please join us next week for episode 67, where we're going to be trying something a little bit different and doing uh, sort of a top five, but um, something we might do every year around this time. It's going to be like our top five favourite performances from the past year. And I guess we can say TV and film can be valid or even like not even one particular performance but an actor who's done particularly good work over the past year mm. can be uh can be up for up for one of our lists so uh that'll be next week that'll be really exciting and Definitely. um please send us your oscar predictions if you have any oscar predictions please send them in and we can do a little listener sweepstakes see who the who the best listener is at predicting the oscars uh send them to our uh, culturebucketpodcast at gmail.com address or dm them us on instagram etc and uh, please follow us and speak to us and communicate with us and interact with us on social media. All of our links to social media can be found in the show notes for this and every episode, along with links to uh, what we discuss in Culture Catch-Up and MyTube. And uh, please go and rate and review us on all the podcast apps you can find for more, uh, you know, good continuing content, <laughs> etc. Thank you so much. Um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye.